totally get that. And yes, to answer Woodchip in chat. We're laughing. <laughs> impressed with the pronunciation of your name. Yes, I am. Amis got it dead on correct. And I am proud. That was beautiful because that almost to never be, happens. To be fair, I always call you Suburb on my Do you? stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I wanted to get it right this time. So. <laughs> you should have just you just left that out because you know what I mean. Because it'd be oh man. I mean, it could be worse. We could always just cut, start oh, calling him the ugly one. That's enough. <laughs> out of you. Where others falter, we hold the line. We stay the course. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Simorg, a.k.a. Phoenix, or Phoenix, a.k.a. Simorg. You have to apologize, friends. This is a brand new intro, but join me in welcoming today's returning Pathfinders. We have Daedalus. Welcome back, buddy. Yo. And we've got Wandering Mist also back. Hello, everybody. And our favorite social bunny, Faisal. <laughs> Had to have it happen. What's up? <laughs> we have a brand new guest today joining us, a mist. Hi. There we go. Nice. <laughs> you Sorry, know, I'm a little nervous. It's okay. I completely like reversed my intro um, in introducing myself. When you get, when you're so used to going by <laughs> an alias and introducing yourself as an alias and you try to like actually go by your real name, it's tough. But uh, yeah, man. So we've got a, a big announcement from the uh, Ashes of Creation community that we're going to be talking about today. Um, definitely impacts a lot of the player base. Um, we. <laughs> <laughs> I love that chat. You can't hear, but we are cheering. <laughs> and yo, shout out to Bartek for the most righteous of raids. Thank you for uh thank you for writing the show, friend. Um, so yeah. We've got this uh caller we gotta play, and it's uh not tanky McTankerface again. I apologize, but friends, just give us a moment, be quiet for just a second here, go on and play this. And that actually is from a uh a listener so let's play it real quick hi there this is horrendous uh you have to go over to the asheshq.com they got everything you need over there resources and they got forums if you like to do the talking like you're sitting in a tavern they've got articles you know by golly don't be searching on the youtube when they got all their podcasts right there for ashes pathfinders and for looking for more anyway this is horrendous and just wishing you have a happy day so that was actually uh horrendous i don't know if you're here horrendous but friend thanks so much for that uh call in <laughs> that was actually not that was not fake that was horrendous that was one of our uh one of our pathfinders here hasn't ever been on the show but definitely in the community um <laughs> what you laughing about mist did you think it was fake <laughs> I, I, I don't know if if that accent was legit or not. I, I don't know. Maybe it was. Oh man, calling out a caller. Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It, it genuinely was not me. Just, just putting that out there. Um, 
It was a pretend accent. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but see, you cannot fool me, an Englishman with a fake Scottish accent. That's, that's fantastic, man. Um, hey, well, like, you gotta give it to him. It's, it was not that bad. Come on. Oh, <laughs> was an RP well, accent. <laughs> an RP accent. Hey, well, man. Which race? I have to ask. Oh gosh. <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. So gotta gotta say this, man. Shout out to you, man. Thanks so much. He was uh was shouting out asheshq.com, which is uh now the home of the Ashes Pathfinder show. And I gave myself a hard deadline. I've been I've been working on it pretty hard. Uh got the forums in order. We've got the uh front page is actually looking quite different. The lower page is gonna be done tonight, and then I, I'm gonna get to the rest of the pages. Um, it's gonna look pretty cool, but I gave myself a hard deadline of the thirtieth, which is essentially a week from today. So one week from today, that thing is gonna be done. Come hell or high water, we're getting it done. So uh, good things, good things ahead. It's gonna be a great resource for the community. So also want to give a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the subscribers here on this channel, the YouTube, uh, all of the Patreon supporters. Much love to you all. And especially to all of you here live for the show or listening later, much love to all of you. Thank you so much for your contributions in terms of uh, just, you know, feedback, your comments, your ideas. Um, but let's kind of get started here today. Now, in, uh, in, in similar fashion, every time we have a new Pathfinder or guest, as you, you can say here on the show, uh, Pathfinder is just the term we use for anybody that joins the round table, uh, contributes to the conversation, but it also applies to every single one of you that tune in live, uh, catch the podcast and it's uh, all of its places. Um, but Amist, formerly Brain Games, I think it's Amist Games now, correct? Amist, but Amist was taken. So, uh... Got it. So we'll say Amist, <laughs> but uh, Amist, why don't you... Uh, Tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do in the Ashes of Creation community uh, for those people that maybe aren't familiar with you and uh, maybe even tell us what your Ashes of Creation story, origin story is. All right. So, well, my real name is Emily and I am 19 years old. Uh, I generally just do different types of creative content for Ashes. I have made a... A couple of YouTube videos, um, notably one for my guild about the corruption system, mm -hmm. which is up on the Checkmate YouTube channel, if anybody wants to check it out. Cool. Uh, I also stream on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, where we just talk ashes, we draw, we do all kinds of crazy stuff, speculate, just talk about ashes in general. Um, the way I found out about the game was a bit odd and it was very circumstantial uh my boyfriend and i we were basically just scrolling through facebook and i found the ashes of creation ad on there back in what 2016 or something wow uh so that's a long time ago um and basically i've always been a big advocator and lover of lore so I love anything story-based. I love narration. I love just the entire narrative and how one's character plays into that. And so I was just instantly hooked on Ashes. Also because it has dragons, but that's 
an entirely uh, <laughs> entirely different story. Because <laughs> dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of hey, course. Dragons yeah. are awesome. Everyone loves dragons. I'm not arguing that at all. Well, that's pretty cool. Same. Yeah, it was, that's that's a great intro. Um, and you know what I really like about that? She she actually introduced her with her her own name too, which is cool. So definitely welcome people to do that if you want to make it a little bit more personal. I'm working on it. I'm going to try to actually veer away from using my alias as much. I've been uh, kind of recommended to me because, I mean, if your name is Phoenix and there's a Phoenix in the game, it's kind of like, why wouldn't you be going by that? Um, but it's going to take me a, a while, I think, to actually get used to using my name because I've been going by Smorg for so long. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, this most recent update. Uh we got an announcement. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry that the whole time frame of a week just blurs into a moment for me. So uh, <laughs> it really does. But yeah. So the big news update is that uh, now, you know, sometime back uh, when Ashes of Creation decided that they were going to use my.games as a publisher in EU, it actually really bothered a lot of people. It's been a point of, I don't know if I'd say controversy, but, you know, definitely been a point of uh, problems in terms of like the player base and how they feel about uh, who's going to be publishing in the in the EU. And yesterday, we got the announcement that, yeah, uh, we're going to do that. We as in Ashes of Creation, not me or any of us here. They have decided not only are they going to publish now in the EU, but they are going to open up an office over there. So without doing a whole lot of my own conversation here, why don't why don't any of you jump in? What are your thoughts, especially if you're in the EU already? I, I shake my EU. I shake my EU friends uh, <laughs> through through the screen. Are you are you dabbing? <laughs> I'm not dabbing. Looks like you're dabbing. What is this dab you speak of? <laughs> he was like, I mean, <laughs> it was slow motion opposite dab. <laughs> um. I mean, this whole thing, a lot of people were worried for a variety of reasons. They, My Dot Games has got a reputation for basically putting in a bunch of um, really bad monetization practices and on top of that, having really bad server maintenance and, and server stability on, on the games that they uh, run. So that was the main basis that a lot of people just flat out did not trust them at all mm-hmm. so obviously when this news comes in everyone's rejoicing it's like yes fantastic really really great um i personally haven't had any interaction with my dot games in the past so i don't really have any like prejudice towards them at all i mean it's it's great that intrepid are now self-publishing but at the end of the day now it falls entirely on intrepid because they've got to find somebody to run the offices in eu they've got to find a good producer and a good customer um support manager to run the show and if those things aren't in place then it the whole thing just falls apart so we'll kind of have to see what intrepid does with this now i mean i've i've been through like throughout the community in the eu guilds and a lot of them disliked my.com but they were willing to deal with it it just because of the re- region like a lot of the eu guilds wanted to move to the u.s servers but a lot of like they had like always either guild splits between no i want to play in the eu 
I don't want to play in US pings and crashes and the etc leads on to itself. Um, uh, but I do agree with this completely. We've passed through that stage. Now it falls to Intrepid. Will Intrepid be able to handle all of this? Because they're not just going to manage the US side. Now they're going to manage the US and the EU. It's going to be a hefty burden. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's a really hefty burden. I was one of the individuals who actually didn't mind my.com. Uh, mostly because of the, well, reassuring fact that they weren't going to have any creative control as to what went into the cash shop mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. different types of microtransactions and whatnot. And I've never personally had a bad experience with my.com. Mm -hmm. Haven't played a lot of their games, to be fair, but uh, I could definitely understand the worry from a lot of the people who had to deal with the, the microtransactions and the customer support, which has often been criticized from, uh, from the company. However, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword for me in terms of intrepid self-publishing. Because when you have a, a NA, which is a country, you're dealing with one region, one set of laws in terms of what it requires for you to be able to publish a game. When you're dealing with an entire, well, region such as EU that has multiple different countries, you need to work around and work within each law that each country has so i can definitely see that being a challenge for the team added on top of you know server management customer support etc etc mm, that's a good point yeah i agree with the mist on that um i mean i have no experience with my.com so i think just from a community perspective i think this was a good move i agree with the uh self-management in another region just kind of what i do on a day-on-day -day basis whenever you go outside the u.s things get much more complicated when it comes to data privacy regulations anything where you're holding any personal data it's a lot um, especially for a new development house to mm -hmm. take on so i hope whoever they you know grab for their office they really know their stuff when it comes to the laws in the uh, in the EU because it it can get pretty tricky and they could get fined pretty you know badly uh, if if something goes awry. I'm not saying that it will, but they just have to really do their homework and make sure they've got strong people in that area to to be successful and and keep themselves out of the um, any potential issues. I'm also curious as to how the referral system is going to be transferred over, simply because in Denmark, we have certain regulations in terms of gambling and referring friends and whatnot. The referral fund program for World of Warcraft wasn't made available in Denmark until very recently. So I think that's also going to be a pretty interesting thing to take into consideration, especially if the same applies to multiple different countries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I actually got a uh, a DM. Good looking out, uh, Fupo. There's a there was a, a statement in Discord yesterday that I had missed, and gotta give a shout out to all you Pathfinders in chat for looking out for us as as usual on the show here. Uh, Steven had said, "I think we can all be happy about the new adventures ahead for Intrepid, but I would like to see, or sorry, I would like to point out that 
Kindness is a virtue sometimes lost on the internet. We as a community can improve this standard and lead by example. Let's be kind to our friends at my.games. They are good people there and we want the best for both teams to remain friends with them. So yeah, it was, a, it was a, it's a very positive. I always like seeing positive things like that, especially when it's coming from the team or Steven. Oh yeah. That absolutely. was nice to see. Yeah. Good looking out. Um, yeah. So, uh, there was, uh, actually a response from somebody in chat here yesterday. Um, and I had actually seen this, uh, reflected, I've, I've seen it more than once reflected in the, in the community around some of the upcoming, uh, the, we all know that of course, uh, a week, well, <laughs> it's Sunday, not Friday, Phoenix. It's, it's okay. So a week from two days ago, which is going to be this upcoming Friday, we have the next Ashes of Creation live stream. So if you would like to submit some questions, go to the forums. You can do that on the official forums. And there were some questions on there that were relating similarly to the the overall kind of idea of, I think a lot of people, and I, I, I'm just going from my own impression on this, just, to, just my own thoughts. It's not based on facts. It's just what I think. Uh, it seems like, you know, when we look at a lot of games that are, I mean, we had, what was it, Terror recently, uh, NMAS Studios is like closing down and they're shipping the game over to somebody else. I mean, it's there have been multiple games over the past year that have actually kind of shut down. And, uh, you know, recently on the uh, the other live stream, we, we the Looking for More podcast I do on Thursdays, we had a discussion and we called it a dying breed. We actually talked about that a bit in detail. And, you know, when you look at things like that happening and then you also look at um, some games like, uh, for example, Chronicles of Illyria. I know it's a sore it's a sore point of discussion, but the the simple truth is a lot of the people that uh, were essentially creating a new home, if you will, in an MMORPG uh, were were that was their home, and they were prepared for this game to come out and to kind of hopefully deliver uh, a new place for them to kind of live in this fantasy world. And for a lot of people with Ashes of Creation, that's a very similar uh, theme. And you know, some people that have been burned for whatever reason, the game got shut down or the Kickstarter kind of something went wrong with it. You know, there's still the fact that even though this game has been funded by Steven, probably the majority and then then some, a small portion of the overall game's development has even been funded by the Kickstarter. A lot of that was just supplemental. And so, uh, but still it carries the tag, doesn't it? The Kickstarter tag. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people are sensitive to it and so you have this big influx now uh, of new people that are coming into the community, which, by the way, you are all very welcome here. Uh, and but in saying that, a lot of them carry their their scars or their, uh, you know, like that, that uh, kind of example Stephen had given one, uh, one of the uh, interviews, which was kind of like a, a beaten dog analogy, kind of talking about that situation. And so they come into it with these experiences uh, of, of of bad experiences. And so, of course, some of them are going, you know, uh, is this game going to be able to get funded? And so one comment yesterday was, will Ash's development cycle increase because they need to dedicate more resources to self-publishing in the EU? Time and money. Um, is it going to extend the time frame? Uh, other people have also, you know, kind of said, well, it, you know, is there enough money in it to make it, you know? Uh, and so I don't know, what are what are some of your all, your all's thoughts around that? Um, when it comes to that specifically, I mean, Steven already has a team in Amsterdam, thanks to Lawless Lane for confirming that. Um, 
uh, a cre- it's it's basically a creative team already in Amsterdam. So mm-hmm. if if they're going to make an EU server, they just need to add a little bit more resources to that. And uh, if if Steven if Steven was thinking of self-publishing in the EU, I am highly sure he's planning a way to like have the funds for it. <laughs> yeah. Is it like you don't do that type of move without making it sure that succeeds or like a plan for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you even look at historically with the game so far, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go and like make this reference point, but one of the reference points is like, it, this is just me, me in my, my mind going, I mean, if a guy can retire at his, at the end of his twenties and, and have that kind of wealth, like he made some good choices along the way financially and how he, how he spent his money and invested in, in whatever his, you know, projects were. So, I mean, there's regardless of stepping into this and having experience as a developer. I mean, when you look at that, there's, there's people in place that knew what they were doing before they got here and they've been there. And so far there's no actual point of concern around that. So, uh, but there was another topic from the, I think it was the last uh, post to YouTube for this podcast. And it was from Gulvain. It was actually referencing and I, I said I was going to probably note this, and it's a bit of a step away from uh, the conversation around the games, the game being financed and everything. But we talked about um, last time a little bit about uh, the quest, uh, kind of discussion around quest breadcrumbs and everything. And um, someone, Guavene, brought up a really cool idea about, you know, identifiers for quest givers. And uh, was talking about, like, liking to see, like, an animation add into... Uh, maybe a, a nameplate or an identifier over a quest giver uh, for for passing players. And I, I wanted to kind of like reiterate on that. I'm like a minimalist in all things. So I just want to say like for me, I, I'm a big proponent of not having a lot of clutter on the screen. And that includes like quest markers or identifiers and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I just thought that was a pretty cool idea. It kind of actually made me think about uh, potentially like maybe just like a glow effect on a on a on a nameplate would be pretty cool. Anyway, just wanted to like point that out. Any thoughts? That's what we contributed to planning, anyway. Yeah, as, as far as I'm aware. So, I think it sounds pretty cool. But if they were to implement that, you know, say the the NPC waving at you, saying, "Hey, get over here. Uh, I have I have a quest for you." It would be really cool to see the opposite also be the case. So the, there would maybe be NPCs that don't automatically interact with you, that you would have to go up and approach yourself to get certain quests. Just if, if say, they were to do a secret quest line that you can only obtain through certain measures, it would be really awesome to have like hidden quest givers that you would be able to go up to and receive some sort of task from. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Um, I honestly was just thinking about going into like a tavern in a town and talking to the bartender and getting a quest that mm-hmm. way. Like you just chat him up and then you're off and doing an mm-hmm. adventure. So yeah, anything they can do to really immerse players into the universe without like, um, you know, Sim, like you were saying, taking people out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is is good. I mean, I like the idea of it being more interactive and you having to do that. And there's less of a, I guess, for me, it's there's less motivation to start 
looking for all the question marks that you have or exclamation points across a town, getting all the quests and then going to level. It's, it's more of a interactive experience, which is good. Hmm. I get that. But at the same time, I don't want to have a situation where I've literally got to go into town and speak to every single NPC just in case they have a quest for me. That's so fair. what I mm. think you might need to do is... Um, so there's going to be your bog-standard NPCs that really just have one line of dialogue and nothing else if you speak to them. But then there needs to be some indicator of NPCs that have more than that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a quest. It might just be a little tidbit of lore that has a different dialogue tree in it, something along those lines. But there needs to be some kind of indicator there. And then you've got that option to speak to everyone or not. I, I, I agree. Enforcing speaking to everybody is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, you know, the only way to make it fun is that is that if the standard is it's relatively easy to see who is going to was trying to give you a quest at least for the main storyline the storyline that's going to progress your character's adventuring level but i think it would be awesome to have those little side npcs that um as you were making a point about you just go up and you talk to randomly you you just sit there and you have a conversation with this weird npc maybe you get the choice to answer uh, his questions in different ways and he reacts to it depending on um, how you answer it and maybe he gives you a quest uh, that could potentially lead you on to something very great and very big should you choose to pursue it but it's not necessarily anything that's tied to the normal sense of progression oh so a nice example of the Elder Scrolls Online then because in Elder Scrolls Online you have the like abilities if you're a mage or a, a tank or no sorry a fighter you either uh able to persuade that character since you're a mage and make the dialogue mm -hmm. change and he will give you like give you an extra quest like i remember that in goes online yeah yep. you can persuade or imit or i would say intimidate uh intimidate. as options yeah if you if you've like specced in with the the passive points those uh -huh. those options though usually don't initiate a quest. They just change certain direction. Parts about like yeah. you, you may, for example, I I in fact had one of those today where I was doing a quest in ESO and there was the option to persuade the person I was talking to to yeah. accompany me on the quest that I was doing. So I had that option. If I have that perk. I can either do the quest completely alone or I can persuade them to come with me and then I've got this like little AI companion. Do stuff, yeah. do the quest um, and kill stuff with is, That is true. Um, I haven't played ESO in a long time. Oh. I mean, that kind of thing is great. I love <laughs> that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's awesome. And uh -huh. stuff like, what I'd like to see is sort of quests that... Um, get initiated from you helping an NPC. Like, mm. say you're walking down the road and you see mm. a load of bandits attacking a traveler. So you go over, you fight the bandits off, and then the traveler gives you a quest after that mm. from you helping them. That, that yep. you helping the traveler initiates the quest. Stuff like that, I think, is really, really nice. And it does, uh, yeah, we've got the dynamic quests. It really helps with the immersion in that way as opposed to having to go around and talk to every NPC. 
Yeah, and I like the idea of a class maybe opening up an option. I think that's probably also a good, unique way to deliver class quests um, as well. Oh, can we get last quest back? I want class quests. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The warlock quest to get your... In, in WoW, to Mount. get your... Well, to get anything. Mm -hmm. You remember the, the Voidwalker quest, the Succubus quest? Yeah. Way back in the day? before they just gave you that stuff for free. Oh, yeah. I miss those quests. But, they but, were so good. But I mostly remember the Paladin quests because, you know. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah. I didn't no. actually do the Paladin quest because I wasn't a Paladin back then before they changed uh, it. You missed out. That, yeah. that, that was awesome. I mean, I love that quest so much. I would just, oh, yeah. for, for no compensation whatsoever, help strangers do it. I loved it so much. I mean, uh -huh. yeah, that... They haven't since done anything that has captured, you know, my imagination like they did with that quest. Mm -hmm. The druid quest too, like Z was saying in chat, yeah. Like wouldn't that to get the your quest, get your yeah. form, yeah, you get your form. Get get the forms and same with the shaman, get your totems. Even the warrior getting your berserker stance for the warrior, yeah. that was amazing. Like you have to go travel across the world. You go to this little island and then you basically do like uh, almost like a battle royale type thing with these npcs just fighting everybody off and then they give you berserker stance it was awesome it was so cool a lot yeah those quests were just they were amazing so good so there was a, another uh not question as much as uh posing a, a comment hoping that we talk about this a bit and uh i'm just gonna kind of it was from nicholas on youtube there saying uh talking about the bounty hunter system now i know this has been something people have talked about in the community i haven't actually caught any of the conversation specifically, uh, but what do you all think about the role a bounty hunter could or should play in your mind in, in the game like Ashes of Creation? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make the reference point here, which was we can just say, do we like this or not like this idea? Uh, you know, like uh, having a, a, a bounty hunter uh, that would get the virtual cash bounties um, some would find it would control, sorry, some would find that it gets out of control in other MMOs. I haven't ever played an MMO where that's been in the game, uh, or at least I haven't participated if it was. Um, but talking about ways it would get out of control, things like farming, uh, by killing friends, for example, uh, ways to abuse the systems like that. And, and should bounty hunters be virtuous, defend Vera, uh, being devoid of corruption as one measure? Uh, going after gankers, griefers, uh, bullies by nature, uh, making bounty hunting a business. What do you think? Um, I think the reward they've been talking about, you know, getting somebody putting a bounty on their head should be enough. I would rather see the virtual currency be transferred over to, say, like a tutor type of role mm -hmm. where a person goes out of their way to help introduce a new player to the game and thus gets rewarded mm -hmm. because that also eliminates the whole oh we're just going to get entirely new players or we're just going to get my friends to to stand there get corrupted and then i can kill them for mm -hmm. the additional um additional virtual currency that i'll get from it so i think the rewards that bounty hunters get for now it seems to be enough for me i get that you know corrupted players pkers and whatnot would often be considered bullies because they walk around and kill people that are of a lesser level or that are just standing AFK out in nature or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh -oh. I said too much so that it becomes the only viable way of, say, earning in-game gold or currency. Hmm. It's a hard one. It, it really is. Because mm. any kind of system like that where you offer rewards for basically killing other players can and will be abused. Yeah. So with anything like this, with any kind of system like this, you have to weigh up the um is a system gonna get abused more than it's gonna be used legitimately like do the benefits outweigh the uh the potential abuse mm -hmm. and for a system like this i honestly don't know i i really don't um the only i mean the uh, potential ways you could uh reduce the amount of abuse or punish abusers but then you're going down a rabbit hole of constantly trying to mm -hmm. one-up the abusers and you're just digging this hole down, 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 down. I uh, I feel like this is a thing we'd have to see in testing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You also have like elements of like, you know, if they're corrupt, you know, dropping gear and stuff like that too, which I was uh, kind of reading in chat, kind of a good reference point. Um, Star Wars Galaxies Bounty Hunter system was pretty cool from Z. I didn't... Uh, like I said, I never really participated in that, but I'm kind of curious about that. Um, yeah, there's like another another point that actually I kind of want to make sure we wrap wrap up on that one because I don't want to really cut us off on that one. I I don't know. I think that I think that the system as it's like kind of defined right now, it sounds great. I don't think that there's a whole lot we can dig into around this until we actually see it, like the practical application of this, being able to actually mm -hmm. test it in game and try it out. Um, but yeah, uh, so there was another point and this one came from Moronin and it was because of all the hype with all the attention on AOC, um, there's a lot of misinformation being spread. I don't, um, have the time or the, uh, kind of, uh, resource to be able to correct everyone. And we all can't do that. Um, but what are some of your ideas around how, maybe us as the community uh, that, you know, care about uh, Ashes Family Fuel, that care about the game. And we do have voices. We are actually interacting on a somewhat regular basis. Um, what's, what's the way that we could kind of combat that unintentional expectation from a fewer future player base? Um, I guess first, probably just go with what Steven said about their decision around um, my.com is be kind. I mean, you're going to have a lot of new people coming in that are getting misinformation, whether it's intentional or unintentional, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I know, you know, the, the person that kind of had the comments is I'm not going to go and correct, you know, I don't have the time to be able to correct everyone is just try to be patient. And then if you see somebody that, you know, maybe has an opinion that you know has you know some incorrect facts there is this correct him or direct him to a wiki where you you know the information is vetted um that's i would say the best you can do um at this point i mean some people might form an opinion based on you know misinformation that's unfortunate you can just do your best mm -hmm. and you know just point them to the right resources i think also the entire situation around misinformation is going to clear it up going to get cleared up a lot once the game actually is out because right now 
we have a lot of gray area as to what's speculation and theory crafting and what's actual factual mm. information. Um, and, you know, what Steven or one of the developers say on a stream may not actually end up being factual in the end because things get reiterated, things get changed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think just trying to correct them in a nice manner. I always say attack the opinion, not the person. Yep. So try and approach it from a logical uh, information standpoint where you're just trying to correct whatever they said was wrong, not necessarily be cruel to them because they, they said something that was not entirely correct. I would say like always have an open mind to correcting or giving out the... It's because... We've, we've been in, like, not we've been, like, Ashes of Creation has been in development for three years. A lot have changed. I myself made a couple of mistakes when informing people about, like, certain parts of the game, but it was all in the AOC chat, and uh, they proved me that I was wrong. <laughs> but, um, like, always have the perception that there's a lot of people who are creating content, giving out the right information. There's the wiki now that has a lot of So I would say if people are being too stubborn, you can always direct them to the right information so they can check it out themselves. Um, if they're willing to change, you can convince them otherwise. <laughs> Willingness to change is an important factor too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knowing when to when to not continue to interact to things sometimes, which is something I think I've actually been encouraging some people of this past week, you know, in terms of negativity, it's like, you know, kind of recognize when someone's not, doesn't have an open mind to, and just mm -hmm. don't really kind of feed into it. Cause that back and forth, I think also can, you know, it's, it can kind of like it borderlines where you go from trying to be positive and, you know, giving someone correct information to then going back and forth and like having an actual argument about it, which, I'm all about, you know, healthy debates and everything, but there's definitely a line on that um, where it can kind of start to get toxic. But that's just my just my two cents on, on the whole thing. It kind of goes in line with being more positive than negative. But um, I mean, Stephen gave the perfect um, reply to that, the perfect rebuttal in that yeah. if anyone comes to you with an overly negative or cynical attitude towards the game, just say, just wait. You're not going <laughs> to lose anything by waiting. Nope. Just sit back True. and watch what happens. Wait till and the then game. when the game launches, then yep. you will either be right or you will have been wrong. And then yep. you can make your own decisions. So. True. Very, very yeah. true. I mean, I had, I had my friends question me, told me, why did you support this game at the beginning of <sighs> I told them simple question. Like, simple answers. I've done my research. The rest is up to... You need to believe in a project in order. Simple and easy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with waiting until the day the game goes live and kind of wait to make a decision then. You know, yeah. in terms of, like, how you view it and whether or not it is or it isn't what you think. Because, yeah, you can wait till then. So, uh, I've um actually got a point around so I, I was doing some discussion around the monster coin discussion and i guess some people have, have recently kind of had some concerns around it potentially being paid a win 
in a way because of the fact, which I hadn't even really thought about, but I want to kind of get your feedback on this, but essentially because of the fact that there are cosmetics that can be earned from using a monster coin, but you can also like buy them. What do y'all think about that? I actually don't think that's the concerning part. What do you um, think it is? Because when a monster invasion happens, uh, certain services are disabled. So if a player is able to trigger that disabling of services in a node, I would consider that you know gaining an advantage uh, over others. Not so much the cosmetics, because I personally don't consider them pay to win. It's just looking good. It's not necessarily being a good player or getting a, a gameplay type of advantage. That's, of course, depending on what you define by, by winning. Um, Very true. Because some people, all they do is collect cosmetics. And they are also often very upset about the fact that the cosmetics in the store uh, are limited to the month they're available in. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, I think it's a difficult thing to to answer again before we get to test it. (laughs) True, exactly. True. I agree with that one. Um, hold on a second. Any other thoughts? I'm reading something from chat here that got pushed up. Maybe this is me just being overly cynical or I've got my tinfoil hat on, but I I feel like so many people are trying to find like the pay to win elements that just oh, yeah. aren't there. Like yeah. they literally Intrepid and Stephen have said there's no pay to win, and people are yeah. digging in far deeper than I think they normally would. Try they're literally looking for pay to win elements, mm-hmm. even when those pay to win elements aren't necessarily there. Like, yes, somebody could potentially gain an advantage from using a monster coin at a specific time, potentially. But let's be honest, how many people are actually going to do that? Also, from Ashes of Creation and chat, getting there before I I got to wrap this one up, saying, remember, (laughs) monster coins do not initiate the vent. It's true. Great, we got that cleared up, because I I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you can can use them. There's like an announcement, and you can can utilize them once it happens, but, you know, it's it's actually that it's triggered, and basically what happens is, is that that monster, I mean, of course, there's different levels of the monster, but it, uh, you know, the AI essentially controls it unless someone utilizes a monster coin and mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to, has to be the specific, has to be the the right moment. And yeah, you don't initiate it. It's part of the, it's part of the whole node and how it all unfolds. So pretty awesome. And welcome in chat, Ashes of Creation. Always a, always <laughs> but, a pleasure to have him here. Yeah. I think following up on Mist's point, uh, about people really going into the technicalities of how systems work in order to be able to find pay-to-win elements. It's also mainly because of the, you know, the wait. We have a waiting period. The game's not out yet. People are excited about the game. Um, but at the same time, uh, like you said, Simorg, um, people have been burned before. People have had uh, developers tell them that there's going to be no pay-to-win in games. And they believe them blindly. And then suddenly this weird item is interacted or is um, put into the cosmetic or microtransaction store. And suddenly you're able to buy 10 inventory slots or you're able to revive upon death. And, you know, that gets people 
upset and you could mm -hmm. only be hit so many times before you start fearing you know the hand that feeds you and it's it's i don't know i feel like it's it's a very valid concern that a lot of people have but it's also about being patient and i say that having been part of the development for almost four years now um so it's hard i totally get that and yes, to answer Woodchip in chat. You're laughing. <laughs> impressed with the pronunciation of your name. Yes, I am. Amis got it dead on correct. And I am proud. That was beautiful because that almost to never be, happens. To be fair, I always call you Suburb on my you? stream. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to get it right this time. So. <laughs> you should have just, just left that out because, you know what I mean? Because it'd be oh man i mean it could be worse we could always just cut, start oh, calling him the ugly one that's enough out of you. <laughs> we had a discussion about this before we started how did we how did this persist for an entire week if, like that's wondering mist it's okay what? it's fine it's fair bald is beautiful okay. i'm happy with it you want to call me sparkly boy call me sparkly boy i'm a paladin and i'm proud that's all there is to it <laughs> no shame not a damn bit well done yeah well done thank Look, you thank you so we we don't need beacons we just need beacons. that's all we need <laughs> i appreciate okay. that we, we all have our little things i mean sim is sparkly yeah. i wear a skirt and <laughs> facials the social money so right all, all we need yeah. is you wear a skirt it's a previous uh, podcast thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nikwa outfit so, cosmetics. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was enamored outfit. by the Nikwa, so everyone says right oh, yes, now. It's like, yes, okay. Sir, yeah. <laughs> Man. So uh I've been digging through the lore recently. And and I and to back up and say pay to win, it's very true. I think peep I, I agree with multiple points. A mist made a good point about you know what's a person's definition of end game i say this all the time if your definition of end game is is mounts and pets then to in to some people in a game like the elder scrolls online where a massive amount of those exist in the cash shop then that's considered pay to win for a person who wants to try to earn that game but i do agree too with wandering mist when we say yeah, a lot of people do come into a new game they find out about sometimes looking for the problems that aren't necessarily there or trying to find, you know, reasons to not believe in it. And again, I can understand where that can come from from some people. As I've been looking over the lore recently, been putting together, trying to simplify the lore in a way that's digestible and understandable to somebody who's coming into this and not to have the confused. I've, I've been looking through the lore and I was looking through APOC lore and I didn't, I, I don't know why I never recognized this and it's there in the wiki. It's been there for, for ages now. Um, but I'm going to call upon the lore masters or maybe, maybe uh, Ashes of Creation who's in chat. This probably isn't going to happen, but I'll just throw it out there in case it does. Out of curiosity, when we say that the goddess of creation, the, the Phoenix avatar that's sacrificed during the the exodus all of the people are trying to get away and they're leaving and the, the goddess of creation the phoenix avatar has the gate open so people can leave and, and they can escape to to sanctus we know about this yes but the gate gets oh. shut down before everybody can make it out and this is how we explain ashes of creation apocalypse and that whole that whole cutout of time right mm -hmm. during the fall the great calamity so 
I have a question. When we say sacrificed, are we talking like the energy that's being put into? How can I say this? If we see the energy going into the gate, is it sacrificed because ran out of energy or resources to keep the gate open? Or did a bad God take it out? The Avatar of the Phoenix. That's what I'd like to know. But calling all lore masters, lore seekers, whatever you want to say, I'd love you to put your thinker hats on. What, what do you all think about that? What do you all think here on the show? I know. I think it definitely feels like sabotage or corruption taking over and, you know, killing the goddess of creation. I think that would make sense. That would add to the drama versus, mm-hmm. you know, the battery running out. <laughs> I'll be honest with me. What's more exciting is epic battle. So I would want, you know, the corruption to finally overtake and, you know, yeah, I just I think that would be more exciting for me, at least from a, mm-hmm. as a lore nut. I also what think if... it's interesting. Oh, sorry, Faisal, you go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I also think it's interesting to think about whether we're talking a self-sacrifice or a sacrifice that was, you know, uh, engaged by a group of people or one mm. person. So maybe somebody captured the goddess and used her energy to save all the people. And then you have sort of like a gray area of where, whether or not that's acceptable or not. I love that Um, take. That's great. And maybe she died. Maybe she, she died and she was reborn in, in Vera or somewhere else. Um, And that's why the gate shut down. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reborn is still up. What if they made the sacrifice to close the portal? Like evil, evil, the evil gods. Ooh. Wait, what? Like made the sacrifice of the evil gods to shut down the portal. How about that? Mm. Who made the sacrifice yeah. to the evil gods? The Phoenix Goddess. I don't know. <laughs> why, why, would the, why would the Phoenix Goddess... That that makes no sense. That's like wait, un- unless you're talking about because of corruption, is that where you're going with that? Yeah, maybe exactly. the corruption was trying to enter uh, Vera again, and some of it actually came with the the people, which is why players get corrupted and players get infected when they start killing each other. But she sacrificed herself to maybe close the gateways mm-hmm. so that that corruption wouldn't further increase and corrupt Vera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. So the mortal races open the portal by themselves, and then Maybe. the phoenix goddess sacrificed her life to close it and stop them. Yeah, because, you know, it would make sense that since we have the four base races of, uh, you know, the dwarves, the orcs, the elves, and the humans, they probably wouldn't open one giant portal to get to Vera. They would have at least four designated portals in each of their main cities back on Sanctus in order to open four separate portals of Vera as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like closing. Me. Yeah, it's like closing <laughs> the blast doors before right. you know. And you've got some engineers, man, in the yeah in the you no know, in the engine room. You've got to do it to save the the world, right? I mean, I love that. Yeah, that's that's a really cool. Cool idea, Faisal. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
my god, my brain hurts in chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine too. Mine too. I do like uh, Bartik's point though. Um, in chat, is saying that the the source of the essence may be found deep in the underrealm. So, dude, is is that like the remnants of the phoenix or <sighs> something else entirely? Okay. So, wasn't the uh, underrealm like? <clears throat> closed off when Vera uh, succumbed to corruption because the races were trying to uh, save themselves from from being killed. So would it make sense that Mm. the Phoenix Goddess body is lying down there if it was closed off before we actually enter the world? (sighs) Oh, this is great. (laughs) Oh. Uh, intrinsic said sim you told me to remember the word reignite does that tie into this somewhere actually it ties into the very beginning of the show so you're going to go back and watch your part <laughs> yeah when the phoenix tail looks like roots another thing i was wondering about too is like uh another thing to pose another point or thought that i want to pose is to all of you lore people is were the gates closed the entire time because that's how long it took for the Phoenix to re to be reborn? Because there was this some is assuming that uh, the Phoenix powers <clears throat> needed to reopen the portal. True, may not. They may true. use an alternative power source. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. Maybe she cleansed. Uh, maybe she died, and that death cleansed uh, the entirety of Vera of its former corruption to save the the people of Sanctus. But like, the corruption's mm. still there, isn't it? Like when we go back to Vera, there's still uh, corruption is still there. I thought mm. it's not like it's gone. Yeah, but if the people of Sanctus brought some with them, oh, oh so that the... explains oh, well, part okay. of it. And since she's the phoenix goddess, she would be reborn again afterwards. <laughs> so she could still be present in the very yeah, timeline. Thankless job, wasn't it? My goodness. Yeah. yeah. It, this whole thing that kind of reminds me of um, for anyone who's played Dark Souls and got into the lore of that game, of those games, like Dark Souls lore is that it basically revolves around this continuous cycle of. Um, the uh, uh, the fire gets lit, and these pe- uh, four lords of Cinder have to uh, basically sacrifice themselves to keep the fires lit. And if they don't sacrifice themselves, mm-hmm. then the fires all go out, and we enter an age of darkness. Um, and it's just a thankless job. You're literally just having to sacrifice yourself, and you've got no choice in the matter. You are chosen by some deity or ever to to be sacrificed just so the world can keep in this age of light instead of an age of darkness. It's, yeah. I, I just hope, sorry for them. <laughs> I hope they go a little bit more gray on the whole good and evil sort mm-hmm. of uh, uh, approach to religion. Because I would love to see there being, you know, darker aspects of the quote-unquote good religions and... Uh, also some more nuance um when it comes to the bad guys yeah it would be cool to have like fanatics Mm. yeah but also like just that the gods even the great ones have have faults Mm. yeah i like that 
Yeah, and I also not very well. The other thing too is like uh, call call them deities. So I'm like, you know, I I also wonder if there's like a, you know, is this kind of when we talk about the gods, the ten gods, and in this universe, are we talking about them like on a similar level to like the Greek gods? You know, to where they had their own mm-hmm. elements, but here you have mm-hmm. like elements and feelings uh, tying to the to the universe or the you know, yeah, the I world. So. That's kind of what you know. Kind of, I get the idea of realms. I didn't expect this to be a big you know, jump over into lore, but I can't really help it. Once you get that started, this has been great for me because selfishly I'm using all mm-hmm. this and just tucking it away for stuff I got on the agenda in the near future. So thanks friends for the free you know, <laughs> bits and pieces I can use. Cause that's great. Some of that I wasn't thinking about and that's like, Oh, so that'll be five bucks. Thank mm. you very much. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so as we're moving now forward into the the upcoming live stream, um, and we know that there's supposed to be a test happening at the end of this month, at least that's what they had talked about. Um, what are some things that you're hoping to see in the upcoming live stream? Wishful thinking, if you will. Augments. Mm. if we get literally just any augments from any of the class combinations i will be happy it won't happen probably but i'd be very happy if it did bards reveal as well yes (laughs) if we get the bar if we get bard skills (laughs) i'll be very happy with that as well i would love to see processing and gathering uh, no, not processing <laughs> gathering. Sorry, processing and crafting because we already have seen uh, the very bare bones yeah. of of gathering already. Oof, I'd like to see another dungeon. Same. <laughs> so we've I got. I want to see. I want to see a tavern. Oh yeah! Hey, yeah, I would go for that too. <laughs> Dale is like, yeah, a tavern. <laughs> 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 A tavern, finally. So we've got a... Is that your dream, Daedalus, to to have a tavern? I would love to own a tavern and serve farm-to-table in uh, meals. Nice. Nice. Fantastic. We got... A root beer and ale. Got rogue skills. A tapir mount reveal. Z, of course. Um, Boob sliders. I mean, you know. Stuffer town reveal, please. (laughs) (laughs) Summoner augments would be cool. Alpha one, duh. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it would be cool because during the PI test that happened, Stephen recorded some footage and then dropped that, and that was really great. People, people have been looking at that for what a couple months now or something, mm-hmm. however long it's been there. Um, you know, of course, if, if the people that are in that test get to chat about it, that's always good for the community. But I have had a sense that we're building up to something. Tolnar reveal, psychophobic, you know. Ooh, I don't think so. <laughs> orc yeah. reveal, please. Orc reveal. Yes. That you would be the orc reveal. Uh, 3D model the orc reveal. <laughs> Let's take yeah, that. Right. <laughs> Clarification. Let's qualify that. <laughs> orcs. Fine. All right, man. More, so More orcs. Fine. It all goes back and ties back into, you know, we've talked about people keep asking in chat over and over and over. When do we get the, when can I have put my hands on the game? When can I play it? When do we get to see it again? Well, if you're an alpha one backer, quarter four this year is when the game is slotted to be 
played by all those who have Alpha One access. And that's when you'll likely see it as well. That's the plan. Hype. That's the Hype. plan. So now we go back to the, that question of carrying the momentum. Since Ashes went viral, um, what are some of the ways you think that, that they could be carrying the momentum and the hype or excitement up until that period of time? What do you all think? I think just everything keep... we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <more laughs> if they just keep doing what they've been doing, I think the hype will maintain. It might not yeah. increase, but it's it will maintain, I feel. I would love to see more testing sessions uh, with the PI people. Like, just them doing random stuff in-game. Mm -hmm. Showing off bugs, maybe, and how they fix it. That would be really interesting, because that would incentivize people to report them. Once I want to see, see some stealing glutes so Stephen can uh, <laughs> <laughs> punish him later on in the game. <laughs> I captured that comment in chat too. I just want a public service announcement. If for some reason I can't loot when the game goes live or um, during any tests that get to be shared or showcased, I just want to say ahead of time that I was, if it only happens to me, I'm blaming it on Steven. I'm going to call it out right now. I mean, <laughs> only because it was in chat. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I'm going to be them. Look, it's not. Anyway, friends, we have come to the end of the, the show for today. I expect that we're going to have a lot to discuss at our next show because that'll be post Ashes of Creation live stream for the month. And, uh, of course, friends, keep in mind, if you'd like to leave a message for the show, like the ones that have been played the past two weeks, we had one last week from Tanky McTankerface. We had one from a community member, Horrendous. So yours could also be played next week if you leave a message at 1539664-6801. Don't forget, you can follow this show's Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder. No S, just Pathfinder. On Twitter, ashespathfinders at gmail.com is where you can leave a mail for us. And don't forget, you can catch this show live on Sundays at 5 p.m. CDT. And it goes up to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Or it's actually going to be called Google Podcast now, since Google Play is actually not going to be a thing in the future. But um, you can catch it on all audio formats. It goes up to YouTube in about 24 hours. I want my... Uh, guests aka pathfinders to uh let you know where you can find them their domains where they reign we'll start with a mist wait me yeah okay 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 um <laughs> a miss games on twitch a miss games on twitter emily un oh i don't even know how to say that properly in english it's linked on my twitch so if you guys want to follow me on instagram go find me there there you go um Otherwise, a mist on the forums, a mist on the Discord. So it's uh, it's pretty standard. Awesome. And we'll go with Faisal, who's uh, getting pretty low there before he falls asleep. You, can find... <laughs> you can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. There you go. Daedalus. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald or on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Ashen Herald. And uh, Wondering Mist. 
you can find me on my youtube channel which is wandering mist on youtube i put up uh, weekly mmorpg related videos and discussions i'm actually planning got my next video which should be posted tomorrow so keep a lookout for that i'm also active on the ashes official forums and the ashes official discord by the same name true and uh Friends, we will see you back here next Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT. It's always a pleasure. Pathfinders, both on the show and all of you here joining us, whether in audio form or live or on YouTube, you're always welcome. Remember, if you help to carry the torch, you're a Pathfinder. And if you are part of the greater Ashes of Creation community that you know helps spread the word and keep those flames lit, you're also part of the Ashes fam. So... Much love, everybody. And until next time, have a great week, friends. We will see you next week. Later, everyone. Bye. Bye.